0: Just go to Ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply.
1: Hello, I'm Scott Soshnick. And I'm Evan Novi williams and this is the Underwear and White Tees sports business podcast, The Sportacast.
0: Oh. Uh. Right. I see where you went there. There's so much Michael Jordan to talk about today. Should we start with our news? Way to go, Kurt Bodenhausen. Or do we start with this discussion of the air movie making its debut? Well, it debuted at South by Southwest. Too much fanfare.
1: Let's start with the news. Michael Jordan, uh, one of his long-running, I believe, 30-plus-year endorsement partners, Haynes, uh, no longer... Uh, A few years ago, Kurt just found out. I believe he's the first to report it. The end of Uh, 2021. End of 2021, Michael and and Haynes uh, separated their ways. Michael no longer an endorser. Uh, Obviously, so much attention paid to Michael and his tremendous success with Nike. But Haynes, again, one of his longest running. uh, And and in my mind, Scott, I I made the joke about the underwear and the white T-shirts. It's actually outside of Nike. Maybe the brand that I associate most with Michael. Uh, o- o- over the years, I'm curious to hear your thoughts as well. Yeah, I was going to say it's it's very synergistic.
0: Like if I think of Haynes, if somebody says to me Hanes, I I'm a little bit older than you, just a little. Um, I'm old enough to remember those. Michael, do you remember the commercials, the MJ I, Haynes I, commercials? I do. Yeah,
1: I remember them more for the T-shirt ads than the than the underwear ads. But, but, I but do, do you remember, remember those.
0: some yeah. of the celebrities that did the ads with him? Can you name they were I, they were oof. No.
1: Now, if I don't know who these celebrities are, Scott, I don't want to get if into. If you don't, don't know every, every single thing. one
0: of these, I will. <laughs> any, if you don't know any of them, I will scold you publicly <laughs> again on Twitter. Okay. Do, do you now admit that perhaps somewhere you should have known Vincent Price?
1: Uh, Vincent Price has been in a lot of movies, uh, that I have both seen and that are very famous.
0: Okay. You just didn't know I'm so him. I'm
1: so wishy-washy on, on him specifically, but right. I'll give yes. you a Max
0: von Sydow. I will not give you Vincent Price. All right. Fair, I mean, you've heard of Jackie Chan.
1: I have heard of Jackie Chan.
0: You've heard of Cuba Gooding Jr. Got it. Yep. You've heard of Matthew Perry.
1: I've heard of Matthew Perry. You've heard of Charlie Sheen. Oh, we're talking A-list here, Scott. Yes. Okay.
0: So all, <laughs> all folks that have appeared in Haynes commercials with Mr. Jordan, um, I, I think, I think for sports business folks, if anybody wants to tweet at us or yell at me or whatever, just let me know. We think the longest running, um, athlete sort of endorsement was Gene Sarazen, the golfer, 75 years with Wilson. We think,
1: whoa.
0: Yeah. So, you know, it's gonna, MJ's going to have to go. I mean, I don't, I don't see Nike that. and yeah. MJ ever ending, <laughs> but we got some time before we get there, but it's just. I mean, is it what's the right word? Is it weird? No, if it, if a deal ends, it ends. But it's sort of a, an iconic deal. And people think of Michael. Of course, you think Nike first, but like you said, Haynes is right there. And for it just to end, and for nobody to acknowledge that this termination even occurred. I think it's a little weird. Somebody along the line might have whispered, "Hey, by the way, you know, no more." It it, it was not a brief relationship, if you would. Mm, nice, nice, very thank good. Thank you, thank you. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah I mean, we don't we don't have all the details on exactly why this thing ended. Look, Michael Jordan is is not cheap, obviously, right? And and from 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 what Kurt wrote, it sounds like Haynes is going through a bit of a time right now. I, I can certainly understand if if, if your marketing shift. If, if you're what you're thinking about what you spend changes that yeah some of your most expensive partners might have to be the, 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 the ones that go um, Michael is and, and this won't surprise you or I but I think some of our even our listeners in sports fans maybe still don't realize that the extent to which Michael is a commercial juggernaut he's the highest paid athlete of all time by a significant margin 3.3 billion inflation, in, inflation adjusted over t- second place is Tiger at 2.5 he is still also the highest paid athlete in the world world year over year right now yeah we we made lebron james the highest paid active athlete but michael jordan made 180 million dollars last year largely off of off of nike um but and that makes him the highest paid athlete in the world still so the, the he is obviously a a legend on the court and off the court but that even continues today active dollars with the deals that he has including gatorade upper deck and 2k sports
0: Yeah, Nike and Michael were 39 years ago, I believe. Okay. And it's going to sort of get a big push with the release of Air. It is. And I love what Ben Affleck said, because you don't see Michael Jordan in the movie. And he said, Mike is so iconic that the minute you put anybody there uh, in a Michael Jordan character, the brain says, well, that's not Michael Jordan. (laughs) And then everything else becomes unbelievable as well. Like there's a, a a a mechanism of disbelief. Once you like, up oh, that's not Michael. So the others aren't. That's not you know Michael's mom. Like yeah, I, I got it. Viola Davis is not Michael Jordan's mother. However, that's okay to show. You know, uh, this is not, you know, um, uh, the the person in real life that we're depicting. I guess we get that. But because of Michael's iconic stature, Ben was like. No, no, no. If you if you try to do it, everything else shuts off too, and it doesn't work.
1: See, in my mind, I'm going to watch this movie and look at Matt Damon and say, "That's not Sonny Vacaro." <laughs> yeah, well, of course,
0: right? But it doesn't. It, in in Ben Affleck's mind, that's not enough to make you suspend disbelief for the entire thing. Seeing yeah. whoever you would have cast as Michael Jordan, I don't know whoever that would have been, that that would have been enough, like just to make to to make it difficult for you to believe. Anybody else in the characters?
1: That's right, and 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 I am curious. I, I, I will see the movie for sure. It's, it's it's such an interesting little sports business story. It does make me think back, Scott, when Gary Stoken was on our show. I can't remember if it was the Sportacast or or our or our Bloomberg show. He was, and, and Gary Stoken runs the Peach Bowl right now, the college football uh, pre preseason and 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 postseason uh, games he was the adidas executive in charge of trying to get michael to sign with adidas and and in the way that he tells the story he essentially had the deal done but Adidas balked at the price. It was a one or two million dollars, something like that. Whoops! And 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 as a result, obviously, a, a lot in the Adidas and the competitor world shifted as a result of that. But uh, I do remember him. Of three stripes. <laughs> I remember him telling that story as you know the, the Michael was originally going to be wanted to be an Adidas athlete, uh, but Adidas could not uh, would not put up the money. The corporate back in Germany would not put up the money to make that happen.
0: Makes it, and, hey, Michael wasn't even the first pick in the draft. So lots of regrets there you go. Are around Michael Jordan, right? You know, hey, Sam Bowie was good, too. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> Didn't quite work out. Just some little facts, by the way. Haynes and MJ, both North Carolina products. The brand was founded in Winston-Salem, mm. uh, turn of the 20th century. How about that value add right Look there? Look at
1: that. Look at thank that. You,
0: thank you, Kurt Bodenhausen. Yeah. So there we go. Um, I just never, I, I, I never really think of, well, I, have, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it ad with Michael and Haynes. I hadn't seen it mentioned. You just sort of assume, after all those years, that that these relationships will just go on in perpetuity because they've been around so long.
1: Yeah, and Michael is the. I mean, the Nike deal is maybe wasn't the first, but it's the one I think people think of first as the like the athlete lifetime deal, right? And and Steph Curry appears to maybe have just gotten that with with Under Armour. Um, LeBron and Nike, Cristiano and, and, and Nike feel like they're kind of in, in that trajectory as well. There is certainly with someone like Michael Jackson, uh, uh, Michael Jordan, sorry, uh, <laughs> and someone of his, of his stature. Uh, yeah, you just kind of get the sense that, that, that these deals, go on forever. But again, as I said at the beginning, I think the the other side of that coin is that Michael Jordan does not get cheaper to work with, I don't think. E- even after he's done playing, even if it's been 20 years since he was on the court. There's
0: I, no three-decade discount to sort of, hey, what can we do together still?
1: I I have no idea. I don't know. I, I would for imagine. Pro- new product every, every month? We ship you a new box of Hanes? The, I would imagine there is at least some discount if you do a lifetime deal of some sort, even if the the, the time value of money. I I, I don't know, but again, I, I because of Michael Jordan and and where he still sits in in the kind of the pantheon of of of, of athletes and fame. Yeah, I don't imagine that that working with him and all these other athletes got the, the 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 people that you mentioned there. It made me think of the Gillette ads, right, with Tiger Woods and I think Leo Messi and Roger Federer. How expensive those ads probably were yeah. to uh, uh to, to to put together, but those. Things don't come cheap, and 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 if Haynes is, is rethinking the way it, it it spends its marketing money, I could understand those being on the block.
0: Yeah, I'm curious who the target audience is and what athletic vehicle, if any, they'll utilize to reach them. Yeah, I'm curious to see yeah. where they go from here. And it's funny you mentioned the Gary Stoken You didn't know whether it was sportacast or the old Bloomberg Show. Uh, I told you this. I was at the uh, NBA press conference the other day after the owners meeting, and I had a question for Adam Silver. And you know how in press conferences they want you to raise your hand, a name and affiliation, whatever, in his broadcast. And I was like, yeah, Scott Sosnick, Bloomberg." Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: just twenty five years of reflex.
0: <laughs> yeah, and let's just say plenty of people at the NBA are still letting me have it. I was like, that's "Oh, wait, 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 sorry, make that Sportico." You know, oh, it, it's been funny. almost four years, and still, hey. But after, like you said, my relationship with Bloomberg is twenty seven years. Mike's thirty years with Haynes and. It happens. It's just sort of the default. I'm so used to saying it. Where do you want to go next?
1: Actually, so to that point, I I also think that even if Michael is no longer with Haynes, I think people will still associate him with the brand probably for a long time, right? So there is a tale of value for Haynes in having worked with Michael in the past, even if they are no longer paying him, that I think, think they still get some of that value from and we talk about this with naming rights deals a lot that if you have a long running naming rights deal for a football stadium or a basketball arena that people still use it even after someone else is often still use it even after someone else is paying for those rights I, uh, and Staples I think Center Haines the other is going to get that. Yeah, Center yeah, I, think, the I would imagine your Syracuse folks still use Carrier Dome fairly often. I think there is a tail for a lot of these things if the partnership is iconic enough or, or 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 so ingrained and and so long running. And I'm sure Haynes will benefit from that as well.
0: All right, so you're now. How do I segue? Where do we want to go? You're talking about partnerships ingrained. Uh, you know, Snoop Dogg was hooked up with Faze Clan. We've got you know some big time tennis players, McEnroe, Roddick um Agassi hooked up with pickleball for a made-for-TV event. Where do you want to go next? Let's I'm going to leave it up to you. Snoop. I knew let's you were going to say Snoop. Snoop. <laughs> I'm not going to say whatever got that woman fired uh, on the newscast. Did you?
1: Do not do that. Yeah. <laughs> should you do not? Do is do that, that
0: a bad thing to say? I don't know. Was that, is, what is that? I, was that I, I mean, I'm mean not something gonna bad? Repeat it. Yeah. I no, I know, it's but a, that means something. I don't even know what it means. It's like why would you yes, get fired? Yes, it
1: is a slang for a word that you're not that you should oh, never say. Yeah.
0: Oh, All right. Okay. Sorry, I'm not up on my, my Snoop terminology. <laughs> oh, I, oh, my oh. Snoop to Sashnik dictionary needs a little work.
1: All good. Well, well Snoop is... Uh, I did not expect that Sportico would be writing about Snoop Dogg. Yeah, I love week. this. Um, but Brendan Coffey did, did, did a great job here. So, so Snoop Dogg was on the board of FaZe Clan. For folks who don't know what Face Clan is, Face Clan is a kind of an esports organization, more a collection of, lifestyle of very, brand. very popular uh, internet uh, streamers and influencers that have created a apparel con- content lifestyle apparel... Yeah kind of juggernaut. It was a very much a, a 21st century Gen Z company. And FaceClan went public uh, last year, I believe, in a SPAC deal. And a lot of people viewed it as, this is going to be a test to see what what these influencer brands, how they do in the public market, what what the appetite is from from institutional investors, from savvy investors, long-time investors, things like that. Uh, it has not gone well, Scott. The stock is down 98% uh, since its high. And Snoop Dogg was a board member. He was given, according to to Brendan Coffee, he was given three hundred thousand shares when he joined the board. Um, that was worth about three point nine million dollars a couple years ago when he got it. Um, at one point, as as the stock like shot up, it was seven point four million dollars peak. Right. But as I said, the stock is down now. He left the board this week. Not all of that stock had fully vested. By Brendan Coffee's calculations, he's going to leave with about fifty four thousand dollars <laughs> worth of Phase Clan stock. Um, that is four obviously. Hats, three T-shirts and a thank uh, you. A, a precipitous drop, and and given Snoop Dogg's stat, I don't think you could get Snoop to do a 15-minute private concert. Yeah, for sure. For fifty thousand dollars, was he
0: was he face Snoop? Because he how, was, you know, he all... was
1: phase Snoop, yeah. That is okay. the, that's what you do when you join Bronny James is part of the Phase Clan, you become Phase Blank. That's the kind of the the, the moniker, the way phase they set Eben that up. Phase does not
0: work at it, there all. There is
1: there is no Phase Eben, but uh, if you're <laughs> if you're interested, guys, reach out. I'm, uh, i I'm willing. 54k uh, yeah, for you. You can do a half
0: an hour, whatever it is. <laughs> uh, I,
1: I understand. I, I think that gives good context to Snoop leaving the board. Right, that if you're. Being paid uh, to to be on a board less than what it would cost you to make in probably an hour of work and a cameo pretty appearance pretty much anything else exactly <laughs> you and, and want maybe Martha it's Stewart time with to Snoop. stop showing up to work <laughs> that's a
0: hundred grand Martha and Snoop shout out birthday that's a hundred grand
1: <laughs> exactly exactly so and definitely an interesting one and, and a great job by Brendan to, to pour through not just the filings but also the to, to figure out the, the vesting schedule which I know is a is a very difficult set of calculations that I would uh, I would never be able to do on myself.
0: All right. Let's talk the pickleball match mm. because David Levy has done this before with the match in golf. Yep. And by the way, if you know anything about David and, and if you know where the world is headed, that really was meant to have a huge gambling component tied to it. Just wasn't there yet. Anything moving forward, I think you know we can. So how do you cut through? Right. How do you with, with the diminution of eyeballs on linear TV? Uh, how do you cut through? How do you get people to pay attention so, all right, Dave gets together. He says, can I get? And I think McEnroe is a huge part of this because in my youth, you know, just McEnroe smashing the dumb lot bracket. It's just, you know, John, John McEnroe's John McEnroe. People, you just, you just see him and you're like, all right, maybe I feel younger watching him, whatever. But at a great time, a lead into the women's championship game, which as we know, what did like an average 9.9 million viewers, uh, 12 at the peak, I think it was. They had a pickleball match between some tennis players Legends, among them, Agassiz, Roddick, Chang, and McEnroe. It's not among them, that's all of them. And it averaged almost 700,000 eyeballs. You want to put that in context for us, Eben, in terms of me and you watching stick and ball sports and uh, how many, like, other sports get what what is seven hundred thousand eyeballs in context to other stuff
1: anthony Croupy uh broke this out for us and i believe it tied the bruins uh blues game as the, as the fifth highest rated sporting event of the weekend that was a, a tnt broadcast that nhl event i mean this is this is huge numbers there, there's, you gotta
0: pay a lot at a time of escalating rights fees when the nhl got a lot to go back you know To ESPN and some others. And now the NBA is coming and saying we're gonna need 2X, 3X, whatever it may be to renew our deals. This doesn't come with a rights fee. This is your, you own the intellectual property of a pickleball event and you're getting almost 700,000 eyeballs. Uh, You got to sit up and take notice.
1: One of the things that jumped out to me about this is that there, and we talked to to Steve Kuhn, the, 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 the founder of major league pickleball about this a few weeks ago, the, the, the demographics of pickleball from a participation stage is, is is skews older, obviously. Um, But he spoke about how that's getting younger, what they're doing. The, the, audience demographic for this got really shocked me. According to Anthony, 35% of the people who watched this event this weekend were in the 18 to 34, 18 to 49 age range, right? That is, uh, more than double, uh, what the standard broadcast TV age audience is in that, in that age range. So uh the fact that that pickleball skewed essentially 100 or not 100% 50% younger than than a lot of the other uh, a, a lot of the TV broadcasts out there I think is a really interesting and 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 good sign for them right because a byproduct of that age group
0: seeking this out or a byproduct of that age group turning on the TV early expecting the women's basketball game
1: I or think ball. I mean it's it's kind of impossible to to, to to parse those two things and we can get into well, the women's reading also cuz it was what what you know in, huge. in the
0: discussions that you and your friends have, have when you go to your pun competitions and, and your other, you know, lightweight football memory Shout out, uh, reunions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, um, what, what were they saying? Hey, I can't wait to watch the pickleball or uh, or no?
1: I mean, I, I don't, I don't, <laughs> to be honest, I don't, I don't think I know anyone who watched this. I Maybe, maybe I do. Um, but, but you're right that going back to your point about the economics here, th- this is the, essentially the business model that David Levy has set up with his, with his new thing in partnership with horizon. It is, I think uh, there's a huge future here in, in utilizing the stardom of people who are former athletes or current athletes putting them in a, in a different way maybe in a different sport on a, on a one-off TV program um, you, you don't need 82 games or 162 games and and a playoff to get sports fans interested in what you're doing and, and the match is a really good example of it we've seen some things that have maybe not worked as well but um, the, the the celebrity NBA uh, all-star game game like I think there is a lot more that we're going to be seeing around these things, especially as you said, because gambling becomes a bigger part of yeah. it, social media, streaming, all those things.
0: Yeah, I would have been like, is somebody going to pull a muscle? Is somebody going to get injured? Like, I would have put some big money on one of those guys getting hurt. <laughs> I mean, and as being in their age group, trust me, I can't do anything without getting hurt. Um, let me ask you this, though. Uh, remember at South By, when we had um, Stefan Diggs uh, doing one of the panels, and Stefan asked for a water. He didn't <laughs> want sort of the cup of water in front of him. He's like, can somebody give me a bottle of water? So, I mean, we're in a big room, lots of people, whatever. And if you remember what I did, I got him the bottle of water, but I didn't just like walk up and hand it to him. I'm like, ah, I, mean, I made a big deal, I had a little bit of a spectacle. You know, I said, hey, wait a minute, you're a wide receiver, right? So I kind of backed up and I threw the water bottle at him. Like, he kind of set it up with, let's see if you you can make a pressure catch in front of the sod. And he makes the catch and everybody cheers and you know, we sent the video of it to Stefan Diggs, and he put it out on his social, and like, I hundreds of thousands of people watched it. it was, you know, you created a viral moment. I want to go back to what John Skipper told us years and years ago. He said, get me the eyeballs, my job to figure out how to monetize it. I think in today's media world, and there's no more broadcast, or no more, yeah, no more broadcast, it's called narrowcasting, little, little different windows of how to show content. In today's world, you don't need to have just that live audience. I think this pickleball thing is a perfect way where you throw it out on social. People will watch a clip. Maybe if McEnroe took the pattern and he slammed it and destroyed it, that would go viral and people would watch it. There's different ways. It's not just about the moment. How do you get this content to live? And I'm making up a time frame here. But whether it's 24 hours or a week before the event to 24 hours to a week or more, after the event, to have people going back and back and searching out this content. That's the world we live in. And it's, and it's true, by the way, even of the big sports. You want to talk to the NFL, you want to talk the NBA, NHL, whatever it is. Also, how does the content live and breathe far beyond just that live window? And I think the perfect example of it is the late night TV shows. I hmm. have not seen Colbert or what's the other one? Uh, Jimmy, what's his name? Yeah. I have not. Kimmel. Kimmel, thank you. Thank you. Sorry, Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, yes, I do know your name. I just couldn't remember it. Uh, by the way, Colbert lives right near me in Montclair here. Um, but I haven't seen any of those shows or by the way, Saturday Night Live. No offense, Lorne Michaels. I haven't seen it live, any of them in, I can't tell you how many years, but I damn well see the jokes the next day online or the next week or go That is the world we live in. And I'm wondering if taking the pickleball as an example and how the stick and balls, how's everybody going to respond? How do you get that Stefan Diggs moment where so many more people sample what you did, even though they weren't there at the time?
1: It's funny that we're now having this conversation after starting it by talking about how big the live TV audience is, right? Because now we're talking about the exact opposite. I I think you're right. Well, I think it's an
0: enhancement, just a different way. It's not the opposite. You want the live. You want people to say, yes, but there's great value in extracting moments and whatever, and how do you monetize down
1: the line? And I did not, as I said, I did not watch this pickleball event but live. But But I saw clips, exactly. There you go. Yeah. There you and, go. And, and, to, and to flip the, the, the perspective a little bit here, I think for the athletes also, one of the reasons that shows like Drive to Survive, what Netflix did with, with golf and tennis, one of the reasons these things are so successful, I think, is that it gives fans an, a glimpse into these athletes in a way that you don't get when they are playing their primary sport. You just don't really get a feel for who Tom Brady is if you just watch NFL games. But if you watch him play in the match in golf, you get a sense of, of, of who he is as a person. Uh, and I think that is the I think that's one of the benefits for athletes in these things, is that not only are they getting paid, they're getting, obviously, a, a, obviously exposure in a different way. But I do think this is the thing that sports fans want more and more. The thing that they're not really getting directly from watching live games in the sports that these athletes primarily play is they want to get a sense of who they are socially. Are they, are they funny? Are they buttoned up? Are they good at other sports? Are are all these things I think you can answer with with, with a setup like what we saw with pickleball or like what we saw with the match.
0: Talking about things living beyond the live window. Let's talk about Angel Reese. Hmm. Like, like she gets it. I mean, she has. I think she's done a great job of not only reaching her core audience, so those are like women's basketball fans or straight up basketball fans, but she found a way to make the controversy with Caitlin Clark work in her favor. You came out with a pretty strong statement yep. and had had very well-known personalities shouting about her and retweeting her. <laughs> Such Great, a
1: dumb controversy to begin it, with.
0: Uh, there is no controversy. It's ridiculous, <laughs> yeah. as you and I know. I can't. But then, by the way, we had another layer when the first lady of the United States decides to chime in and say, maybe the runner up should go to the White House as well. And but hey, good for good for uh, for Angel chimes in right away. This is a joke. No, and then of course the debate shows use that, and I'm watching, and it's just the cycle. Like it it was over the minute Caitlin Clark said, "Ah, whatever, we're competitors." I I didn't care, you know. (laughs) She like by all, if there was a grenade. Caitlyn Clark put the pin right back in it. There's not going to be an explosion here. Nobody cares. It's all good. And yet, I'll tell you, this morning's Good Morning America ran like three, four, five, whatever it was, an entire package on the Angel Reese Caitlyn Clark debate. And it's not lost on me that that is a Disney company. Where over at ESPN of the debate shows, I'm telling they ain't going to let this go. This is going to be talked about in between you know Stephen A. and all the others. That that's how this works and Caitlin Clark is doing a phenomenal job of cr- putting herself front and center in the spotlight, and people are responding. Now now, how does she go monetize?
1: Yeah, it's, it's, she's going to be such an interesting one, and, and Caitlin Clark is as well. The, 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 the marketing potential for both of them is extremely high. They're they're both uh, tremendous on the court and and charismatic off it. Angel Reese just hit I, I believe a, mi- a million over a million Instagram over a million followers. Instagram followers yeah, just over the, over good the past week. And 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 the and by the way said the price
0: went up. <laughs> she she keeps talking about it. that's that's the mindset I love about it. That's the uh, pri- the mindset these days of the athlete is the price is going up
1: exactly. And Angel is a good example of using new opportunities for athletes that didn't exist 5 years ago right she transferred from Maryland i believe was able to play immediately she has 17 NIL deals again i think that number both both in monetary and and, and numbers are going to go up as well and because it's women's basketball these women are almost certainly going to be paid more money in college than they're going to get when they take their next job in the W. And that that creates I think a really interesting dynamic there, right? The, the new W CBA, I believe the max contract is $217,000, $215,000 uh for 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 WNBA players um That's not what. (laughs) That's not going to compare to what Angel Reese would make in in a final season in college. It's not going to compare. I I don't think. But I will say, there's no decision on the
0: men's side. Well, should I stay in school because I can make more? Because they the the CBA doesn't allow them to leave and come early for the WNBA. Exactly.
1: So there's that balance as well. Um, But unlike the the major men's sports, football and basketball, where despite how big a star you are, you are looking at almost definitely a, a, a bigger opportunity to make money when you when you make the jump to the pros um it's it's not that it's not true for that in 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 college basketball and for for women and i think that that makes women's college basketball so interesting of a commercial property right now and, and we've talked about the ratings you mentioned 9.9 million average for the women's final, such a huge number um but again the the, the because these athletes now have a have even a bigger financial incentive to stay in school and because there's just going to be so much more marketing around them more eyeballs all that i am fascinated to see where because men's basketball i think as a as a men's college basketball as a product i think is struggling right now and the women's game is doing the exact opposite
0: the ncaa tournaments plural just ended i went into the ncaa tournament on the men's side unable to name a single player (laughs) in college basketball yeah i to this moment connecticut congratulations okay fine I am still unable to name a single men's college basketball player yeah. even cuz I didn't watch I mean I saw snippets of it but I wasn't following it I, I cannot name a single player on and who participated in the men's tournament
1: uh, Yeah and, and and you can call that just a la- just a down year you can call that a, a a product of the g league and nbl and and other european leagues doing better at, at well, trying to lure you could also call me Young a lot of men names. it could it could be a scott thing i mean i, I don't disagree with you I, I watched a decent amount of college basketball my, my knowledge of of, of 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 players and stars is also pretty is pretty low as well um but again we've talked about the u.s women's national team soccer team in this way that that i think a lot of a lot more american sports fans can name can I, stars can I, on the women's team than the men's team can I and
0: make a suggestion right now. Yeah. But it has to happen quickly. And I'm gonna and I'm gonna text David Levy. Okay. What would it do? You know where I'm going? Do you know where I'm is going? It, is generally- it
1: Angel Reese versus Caitlin yes, Clark pickleball? Yeah, no, no,
0: no. One-on-one. One on one. One on one. Caitlin Clark versus Angel Reese two weeks from today. I don't care if you put it on a helipad in Dubai. It doesn't matter. There yep. will never be more of an appetite for that one-on. This is magic versus bird. It's got social context. I mean, I don't want it to rip the country apart. But one-on-one, Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese, they get their guarantee. You sell, they get a piece of the of the the broadcast contracts. They get a piece of the sponsorship. It is more money than. All of them will make in their professional careers from from the game. I don't see how that does not happen, how it is not being planned right now. David Levy, make the phone call and make this happen. I, I'm not wrong here, right?
1: No, even if it was horse, I think people, I think tons yeah, of people let, would yeah, watch but a little it. Right? Less
0: so hold on. And I'm doing this, Evan. <laughs> right there i'm doing it because we have he's some, doing by the john way, cena
1: hand by the way folks we're doing
0: well that's you don't see me we're doing video yeah, now so john sometimes cena. using video yeah. clips our backgrounds are terrible i'm going to get on it i guarantee within the next two years i'll have a decent background that's yeah all right. that's i can promise that just, quickly
1: we're going to be on youtube soon so for folks this, who listen to do, the show let's that do this as our promo wanna so wanna what we're talking about well. you going to join me come on join
0: me there we go. There we go. That'll be our promo video.
1: So good. So good. Uh, you're right, Scott. Yeah. That, who, know, who, who says no to that? I don't know if Caitlin or Angel or, 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 or both of the them The no, TV would be bidding on it. It's a, it's a, it's a great idea. And, and a, yeah, again, it's a good kind of code of the conversation. That, that is, I think, the future of a lot of the things we're going to see is in, in the way that Fanatics makes Flash apparel as soon as possible to capitalize yep. On, yep. on the thing that is hot this right now. Hot. It's hot. Yeah, I think that, that people like David Levy are going to start trying to do that on the media side as well.
0: I should call him while we're on and put him on speakerphone. but He'd will he kill me. Um, all right, quickly, NWSL, you broke some news. Give me a quickie because we're kind of long on this anyway. So th- those who listen to the show on the treadmill are probably breathing very deeply right now. I hope nobody gets hurt.
1: And, and hopefully we'll have a longer conversation about this at some point soon. But the, the next expansion team, the team that will join alongside Utah next year, uh, was awarded to the group from the Bay Area, Scott, Sixth Street, the private equity giant, is the majority and, and controlling shareholder there. Largest Sandberg, private investment in women's sports. Sheryl Sandberg, the former uh, Meta executive, is uh, an investor. There's there's the, the the quartet of former U.S. women's national team players: Danny Slayton, Brandy Chastain, Leslie Osborne, and Allie Wagner. Um, and you mentioned the the, the, the Rick numbers Weltz. here. F- Rick Wells is involved as well. Fifty-three million dollar expansion fee, the largest in in league history by a significant significant margin. the the group is committing to another 40 million to spend on a practice facility and another 30 plus on operations. $125 million investment is how Alan Waxman, the CEO of Sixth Street, explained it to me. Don't Uh, say Alexis Ohanian didn't tell you folks. Another data point here. And it's funny. So I talked to Alan uh, right around the announcement and it it sounded so similar a conversation to what you and I had with Jasmine Robinson and Kara Nortman on this show two weeks ago, right? Where, Where he he was gushing about that, and he is like like they are seasoned investors, invested in a lot of sectors and a lot of companies across different businesses. He was like, "This is one of the most strategically undervalued assets and and sectors I have ever seen." And as an
0: hopefully, investor. we have NWSL Commissioner Jessica Berman on next week to have that great. very discussion because I am fascinated by sort of the analytical discussion from an investment standpoint that is occurring in the NWSL that perhaps doesn't happen with other sports products.
1: Totally. And, and, you know, we, we just spoke about the, about the, the women's uh, college basketball. It's, it's not just NWSL, right? There's rugby events in, in, in New Zealand, women's events that that are packing stadiums. There's a lot of momentum around professional women's soccer in Europe. um, And I think that is only going to continue to accelerate as well. The the W is is business is doing is growing a bit and they just got a huge investment about a year and a half ago. So it's not just the NWSL. I think it's, 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 it's broader than that, but the, 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 the thing that Alan kept saying is that the economic reality has not yet the, the economics have not caught up to the reality. And I think, that, again, that is the thing that a lot of people who are investing in women's sports also believe that at some point the, the, the money is going to catch up to where the fans already are.
0: He is Eben Novi-Williams on the Twitter at Novi underscore Williams. I am Scott Sashnik on Twitter at Sashnik. Producer is Matt Whitehurst. Thank you very much, Matt. Digital media editor, Cora Veltman. She loves it when I remind you that the show can be found at Sporticast, which is the hub of the Sportico Media Network.